Welcome as you join us for study number two in our series called Christ in the Old Testament here on Search for Truth. Your Bible teacher Brian Johnston has researched these talks based on the conversation Jesus had with the two disciples on the road to Emmaus. We don't actually know what he said, but we read in the Gospel of Luke chapter 24 and verse 27, and beginning with Moses and all the prophets, Jesus explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. This time Brian develops the statement in Romans 5 and verse 14, which in the New King James Version and many other versions says of Adam, who is a type of him who was to come. So here's Brian. Thanks, John. Well, first things first, let's begin by explaining what a type is in terms of the way we find that word used in Bible commentaries. So just what is a type? Typology involves the recognition of recurring patterns in the course of biblical history. In the outstanding instance of a type anywhere in the Bible, the Exodus story provided symbolic language for Babylonian exile, as well as anticipating our spiritual redemption. As the Israelites were redeemed, or bought out of slavery in Egypt at the time of Moses, so we were bought back to God out of sin slavery through Christ's death for us at the cross. To accept typology like this when it's part of the text of Scripture is one thing. To search for types or analogies without setting sober criteria for their recognition is quite another. We've all heard Bible preachers take an Old Testament story and say, this speaks of that, and that speaks of this, while we're left wondering afterwards what the basis was for such seemingly fanciful associations. Well, stripped back to its basics, Adam is the only person in the Bible explicitly declared to be a type, or in yet other words, a prophetic symbol of Christ. Whereas Adam walked in disobedience to the tree, and his sin counted against us all, Christ walked in perfect obedience to the tree of Calvary, where he took away that sin of the world. The doctrine of the imputation of Adam's sin to the whole human race means that when Adam first sinned, that sin and its blame was regarded by God to be our sin as well. Adam's sin became our sin, and his judgment became our judgment. In making those statements that we've just made, we've said something important that needs to be carefully checked. Let's do that now by reading from Paul's Bible letter to the Romans, chapter 5, and we'll start at verse 12. Therefore, just as through one man sin entered into the world, and death through sin, and so death spread to all mankind because all sinned. For until the law, Sin was in the world, but sin is not counted against anyone when there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam until Moses, even over those who had not sinned in the likeness of the violation committed by Adam, who is a type of him who was to come. But the gracious gift is not like the offence, for if by the offence of the one the many died, much more did the grace of God and the gift by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, overflow to the many. 
The gift is not like that which came through the one who sinned, for on the one hand, the judgment arose from one offence, resulting in condemnation, but on the other hand, the gracious gift arose from many offences, resulting in justification. For if by the offence of the one, death reigned through the one, much more will those who receive the abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness reign in life through the one, Jesus Christ. So then, as through one offence, the result was condemnation to all mankind, so also through one act of righteousness, the result was justification of life to all mankind. For as through the one man's disobedience, the many were made sinners, so also through the obedience of the one, the many will be made righteous. Well, there's a lot of detail there, but don't worry, we're going to take it one verse at a time. It's that important. Starting back again at Romans 5 verse 12, Therefore, just as through one man sin entered into the world, and death through sin, and so death spread to all mankind because all sinned. That's the verse. Paul appears to be teaching that all sinned in Adam, because the words, because all sinned, at the end, appear as an echo of the earlier part of the verse that says, through one man sin entered into the world. But for a major Bible truth, we need more than what appears to be the case. We don't have long to wait, because in verses 13 to 14, we find confirmation of this point that we've already seemed to pick up. It said, for until the law, sin was in the world. But sin is not counted against anyone when there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam until Moses, even over those who had not sinned in the likeness of the violation committed by Adam who is a type of him who was to come. By the way, notice how it's from here that we can say that Adam is the one man we can be 100% sure of as being a type of Christ. And Paul goes on to concede here that personal sin was prevalent in the world before Moses. Remember the wording? Until the law, sin was in the world. But their personal sins were not the ultimate reason why people died in that time period. These personal sins were not imputed to them. They were not counted against them. And that was simply because there was as yet no law. And it says sin is not counted against anyone when there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam until Moses. The reason being that all died because all had sinned in Adam even although afterwards they'd not personally sinned in the likeness of the violation committed by Adam. In other words, death reigned over all humans, even over those who didn't sin against a known and understood law, as Adam had done. That's really important information. Death is not first and foremost because of our individual sinning, but because of our corporate union with Adam, the federal head of the human race, his original sin was credited to our account. But just in case we're still not convinced, we now come to verses 15 to 18, and it's there that Paul says 
no less than four times, in fact, that death and condemnation comes upon all humans because of the one transgression of the one man. We are identified with Adam such that his one sin is regarded as our sin and we are worthy of condemnation for it. This is the sin of the world that would be taken away by the Lamb of God, as John the Baptist said in John 1 verse 29. But here in Romans 5 verse 19 is the absolute clincher. It says, through the one man's disobedience, the many were made sinners. This is talking in the plainest terms about imputation, about the fact that in God's accounting of it, Adam's sin was charged against us, his descendants. Due to the sin of Adam, due to his disobedience, we are regarded as sinners in God's righteous accounting of it. And so we see the amazing parallel of how whereas Adam walked in disobedience to the tree and his sin counted against us all, Christ walked in perfect obedience to the tree at Calvary where he took away that sin of the world. Elsewhere in the Bible, well, it's in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 to be precise, the Apostle Paul supplies us with some more detail that fits with Adam as being a type of Christ. We should again pause to explain that in the pattern of the types, it's only the identified feature that's being compared or contrasted. We mustn't carry anything else over, but only the highlighted point. Take Paul's words in verses 21 and 22 of 1 Corinthians 15. For since by a man death came, by a man also came the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ all will be made alive. Whereas Adam brought death to his race, Christ brings life, life from the dead. The Bible presents to us Adam as the head of a race of sinful men and women, and Jesus Christ as the head of a race of renewed men and women, made alive and righteous in him. It's when an individual is saved by God's grace through his or her personal faith in Christ as dying for his or her sins on the cross, it's then he or she passes from being in Adam to being in Christ. That's important Bible teaching, so important that in the New Testament it uses the little expression in Christ some 80 times. We're really meant to get this point. It's a life-changing Bible teaching. In Christ means in union with Christ. When we truly register that, our lifestyle can't help but be transformed into expressing what it means to be united with Christ in his death, burial, resurrection and exaltation. This teaching, based on Adam as a type of Christ, is often referred to at a Christian burial service, borrowing from more words of Paul. So also is the resurrection of the dead. It is sown a perishable body, it is raised an imperishable body. It is sown in dishonour, it is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness, it is raised in power. It is sown a natural body, it is raised a spiritual body. If there is a natural body, there is also a spiritual body. So also it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living person. 
The last Adam was a life-giving spirit. However, the spiritual is not first, but natural. Part of the hymn we've just heard refers to our study today. And the verse reads, O loving wisdom of our God, when all was sin and shame, a second Adam to the fight and to the rescue came. O wisest love, that flesh and blood, which did in Adam fail, should strive afresh against the foe, should strive and should prevail. Now, may I remind you that there's a very helpful transcript book available of all 12 study talks in this series. If you request it, you'll be able to pursue further personal study and get more out of these radio talks. It's available online and either you can get it yourself by downloading a copy from churchesofgod.info forward slash media. Alternatively, you can request a hard copy book by asking for the title Christ in the Old Testament. You can use email or the post, and here's our address. Search for Truth, Hayes Press, The Barn, Flaxlands, Royal Wootton Bassett, Swindon, SN48DY, UK. Our email address is sft at churchesofgod.info. So many thanks once again for the privilege of your company again today and thank you for giving your time to be with us. And do join us again next week for the next talk in this series on Christ in the Old Testament. It's called The Only Begotten Son. So until next time, it's goodbye and very best wishes from our Bible teacher Brian, our producer David, our singers and me, John. So see you again soon. And in the meantime, we wish you God's richest blessings. Oh.